Welcome back. You're watching Traders Corner and joining me as always is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner. Garth, as we wind down into the last couple of shows of the year, in fact, uh, this is the third last show of the year, uh, let's start off by talking about what may or may not happen in the US markets because it is germane to what happens to the portfolio with uh, not much time left on the clock. Yes, that's right. Well, we look at the S&P 500 at the start of every show and uh, we'll do the same again today. What's interesting to note, I think, is that there's there's been a fairly sharp, a fairly swift move to the upside over the last mm. week or so. And the volatility levels have actually picked up quite significantly as well. And when I looked at Friday night's trading session, I looked at that candle afterwards and I thought, gee, that almost looks like there was a mistake or something in the data. And when mm. I looked in, and the market had had a 1.5% trading range on the day, which doesn't sound like much, except that we're in a, in a market which has hardly moved at all uh, more than 1% for months on end. So it, the volatility does look as if it's been picking up a little bit over the last week or so. And also that move to the upside there that we've seen quite swift suddenly um, does kind of have the um, the makings or the look of a little bit of a possible blow off top to it. But, it, but I say that cautiously because it's not to say that it's necessarily the end. But when you see a market that sort of goes up vertically from one day to the next, um, often the, 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 that steepness, you know, it goes from a steep trend to a steeper trend to an even steeper trend until it's almost going vertical. Yeah. Um, that's usually not sustainable and that is usually symbolic of a, of a bit of a blow off top which then follows, uh, what, what follows after that is some consolidation. I mean, is the consolidation or is it uh, a reversal of the very same trading action? In other words, uh, a blow off to the downside, a steep pullback. It can, um, it can sometimes be a steep pullback after you've had a, a, a something that goes absolutely vertical like that. You can sometimes get a steep pullback in the, in the opposite direction. And it is interesting to note the candle pattern that we got on the S&P 500 yesterday was quite a meaningful reversal. Um, it, it basically fell more than 20 points off the high and closed on the low of the session. And that very often you would look at that and say, well, that could well be an indication that maybe a short term top is in for now. Yeah, I suppose to some extent we're clutching at straws because yeah. I mean, if we were along the market, we'd just be, uh, you know, uh, g um, I suppose uh, fully backing this yeah. performance. But uh, you do have exposure to the downside. But um, if we look at our own markets, um, are you starting to see a turn there? Well, yeah, it's quite interesting. So the top 40s come off uh, quite a bit over the last week or two. And this is a top 40 futures chart, which we always look at because this is, this is the tradable instrument that uh, you can trade um, on, on Safix. You can obviously trade the top 40 cash on IG as well, but we're looking at the future here in terms of this, this chart structure. And what's interesting is that it has come off quite a bit over the last two weeks. And we'll look at what's making the market move lower. Uh, we're going to look at NASPERS, we're going to look at Richmond, going to look at the RAND because those are the heavy weights that are really counting at the moment. What's quite interesting to note is that this trend line that goes all the way back to June and that's this gigantic rally that we've seen over the last six months that's effectively a 10,000 point rally with hardly any meaningful pullback at all during that time. Uh, that trend line has actually begun to break to the downside today being Tuesday. You can see that move below 53,000 there is uh, is a break of the rising trend and the next major support area that we would look at then is this 52,000 support. Mm. And you can see there's a little bit of congestion in the, in the chart there going back to October. So we'll have a look and see maybe that 52,000 area arrests the move to the downside. Uh, in terms of where we are positioned here, our option structure expires uh, in about two weeks from now. 
and it will only make money below 49,500 and that I just don't see that happening I think I'll eat my shoes on TV <laughs> if that happens mm. because uh, it's highly unlikely that this is going to expire in the money and I've kind of come to accept that a long time ago mm. I mean you could have come up with something a little bit more scintillating really than eating your shoes but hey <laughs> whatever floats your boat <laughs> uh, okay so let's talk about uh, what could potentially lead to the market pulling back and there has been as you said the reversal and um, so the, the same elements that have helped the market along appear to be uh, the ones uh, weighing the market down at the moment, i.e. Nuspas, Richemont and the currency. Yes, that's right. So Richemont and Nuspas collectively make up about 35% of the weighting of the top 40 index. Nuspas is sitting at about 24, 25%, that sort of area in terms of its weighting. Richemont sits at about 10%. So those two shares together make up a third of the weight of the top 40 index. So what they do has a very significant bearing on what the overall index does. So let's have a look at Naspers first. Um, this one has been phenomenal of late. It's had a huge, huge rally. Uh, it got to north of 4,000 Rand about two weeks back and mm. it's since been pulling back. Now here again we have an example of a blow-off top and this to me is, is kind of classic mm. blow-off top uh, action over here. Notice how the stock gapped up three times, three days in a row. It gapped higher and gapped higher and gapped higher. And then eventually it formed what we term a, um, a shooting star candle at the top there, which is a candle that's basically got a long tail to the upside, closes near the lower end of the day's range. And thereafter we saw some pulling back. And this is very much the same kind of look and feel as the 10 cent chart, yeah, which, which is what you would expect because Naspers basically is 10 cent. I mean, the gapping is uh, in relation relation to what uh, happens on 10 cent trade and of course there's a time difference and so yes. we have to catch up with uh, 10 cent. That's right so so 10 cent trades in in Hong Kong and obviously then we when we wake up in the morning and our market starts trading NASPIS has to then adjust for whatever 10 cent has done in in Hong Kong. Just on that note and, and talking about 10 cent part of what caused this significant move up and that I mean, we're talking a move from three and a half thousand rand to four thousand one hundred rand and that happened in five trading days so th that was a gigantic move and it has all the hallmarks of a blow-off top as I said you can see the gaps you can see the volume spike up there yeah. th right on the <coughs> highest day and um, there was a Evidently, uh, an, a derivative structure on Tencent, which needed to be unwound, um, and I'm not going to go into the details of it now because it's complicated and we don't have time. But, but that kind of was what forced that blow-off move to the upside. It basically created a big short squeeze in Tencent, hmm. and that followed through to Naspers, and since then it's been giving that back. Now, um, th th so just to follow on from that, and, and also think of this in light of what I mentioned about the S&P 500 as well and the, the trading action there, um, you can see that this price of NASPA started to come off quite sharply after that blow-off move. And my expectation from here is that we'll see it coming down into this area, probably between the 50% and the 61.8% retracement of that rally from early October. Okay. That comes in at around about 3,400 Rand, that sort of area. So I think if we see it going down there, that, that's, that, that'll look interesting. And uh, just one last point on NASPIS before we move on to the chart of Richmond. I just want to show you what I suspect could well play out here. Mm. And, and this is from 2016 now. We're looking back a, a year. 
Um, and here you had, in, in late August 2016, you also had one of these blow-off top type of moves where the chart structure just goes vertical. And uh, it, it can't, that kind of movement to the upside can't be sustained forever. And then ultimately some consolidation does begin to set in. And Nuspus is one of these stocks that can have very powerful moves to the upside like we've just recently seen. Mm. But then it also can consolidate for several months at a time. Yeah. And that's what happened after this blow-off top that we saw in August last year. So I won't be terribly surprised if we actually see something similar happening on NASPIS now, given the extent of the rally that it's had over the last couple of months and the fact that now it actually looks like it's starting to take a breather. And I think also a lot of the catalysts um, in terms of results and 10 cent results, all that sort of thing are in the, in the rear view mirror now. Yeah, which is not to say it can't push higher, but as you say, it does have these periods of consolidation. And it's done this for years now, ha yeah. hasn't it? You know, yeah. it'll, it'll rally, um, go wild, pull back, do nothing for a bit, but then be steadily building, and th well that that's been the trading action. Correct, that's right. And uh, exactly, it's not to say it can't go higher. I mean, I'm sure it probably will go higher at some stage, but I think it may be a couple of months of consolidation before it then starts to find its feet again and maybe move up again. What about Richemont? Because the trading action is a little less wild in Richemont, but it did hit a peak, uh, and it's since dribbled back quite significantly. And I say that because I feel it in my shareholder portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think what's really been um, weighing on Richmond here actually is the currency more than anything else. We'll talk about the currency after this slide. But here's your chart of Richmond. So it was trading in this well-defined upward channel from June. And obviously the market, we mentioned the 10,000 point rally that happened since June up until recently. And Richmond was a big component of that rally, as you can see. Now the move below 125 Rand per share basically breaks the price below the bottom of that channel and also breaks the price below the 50-day moving average for the first time in quite a while. So again, it looks as if some consolidation is now underway here. The 200-day moving average, I think, is possibly going to come into play. That comes in at about 112 Rand. And you never know, you might even find you get a little bit of a flush below there, down to 110, that mm. sort of area. And then from that point on, I, I would suspect that one maybe looks to buy an oversold, uh, buy, buy for an oversold bounce if it gets down into that area and reverses up. Okay, so those are the two shares, as you say, I mean, between them, 30, up to 35% of the top 40. So uh, they are significant contributors to what's been happening on the market. And then what about the RAND? Because uh, it's also a, a potential trade that you flagged recently, um, and it has been... Uh, it has been extraordinarily strong since it blew out to uh, 1450 or thereabouts yeah. and that wasn't too long ago either. Well that's right it was just uh, in fact that, that blowout was when the uh, ratings downgrade happened or just before the downgrade rather and uh, and since then we've had the downgrade and the the market was actually you know fearing a double downgrade which we didn't get we only got one downgrade so so the currency actually strengthened on the back of that because there has been some movement into our bond market and, and as a consequence there has been demand for rands. So hence you've seen the rand coming stronger. I mean it's moved from 14 rand 50 in the middle of November down to the current area of about 13.50. So that's a full one rand movement that we've seen in the currency pair there. Now in terms of the technicals, uh, you, you can see this triangle that broke out earlier in, in September that we, we flagged that and we pointed to a 14 rand 50 target when that happened. And that's 
that's been achieved since then. Now we're pulling back. Um, this uh, 13 Rand 50 area is quite a big zone of, you, know, you can see a number of prior peaks in that sort of area. So that's where we are at the moment. Uh, I would suspect that that's going to be a little bit of a difficult, maybe a sticky area for the Rand. But if it does start to move significantly stronger through that area, then your next technical level is down here at the 200 day moving average, which is at about 1330, and then probably below that at 1310, which is where this upward trend from March, and it joins the lows from March, June, September, and that would come in again about 1310 now. So, you know, we all watch this. Obviously, a lot is going to depend on the politics during the month of December and what happens with the ANC elective conference. Uh, the, r the movements uh, in, in the RAND are very much likely to be dictated by what happens there. Um, Carl, just uh, if you look at the, the technical setup there, uh, France de Klerk loves using head and shoulders patterns as, as technical indicators. Um, I know you're not necessarily that... Um, attached to them, but does that look like a classic head and shoulders pattern developing there for the currency? A little bit. If you look at it over uh, October and November, you could probably argue there's a bit of a crude head and shoulders type of structure over there. And, and that actually would have been validated now, and it would likely point down towards these lower areas that I mentioned, around about 1310, that sort of area. So yeah, if you do believe that's a head and shoulders there, then, then it points to potential for further RAND strength in the near term. Mm. And, and, and just on the RAND once again, um, would you say that it's going to be local factors that have more of an impact? Uh, because we really have been helped uh, by global factors. and. Uh, and, and it seems sometimes that we, that we choose to attribute the RAND's strength or weakness to, uh, well, well, we'll say it's local factors when actually they've got nothing to do with what, uh, what the trading action is on the currency. Yes, you're quite right. I mean, when it comes to the, to the RAND, you, the, you can often overlay it against other emerging market currencies, and you'll notice that they do tend to track each other very closely. There are times where we decouple slightly for, for, for specific reasons like a downgrade or a finance minister being fired or something like that. There we maybe decouple a little, little bit. But by and large, the, you'll find that the emerging market currencies do tend to track each other quite a bit. Uh, in terms of flows into emerging market assets. Yeah. So Garth, no trades this week uh, as we wind down to the end of the year and next week's show is going to be a pre-recorded show which looks back at the year that was and it has been a pretty tough year. So the portfolios as they stand, um, no change essentially from last No, week. no change. I mean these are the portfolios. We're obviously just running out these option structures out until they expire which is we in the middle of this month. Um, so the RAND portfolio is up 14.5% for the, for the year to date and that's how it will probably stay. Um, I'm not going to be doing any more trades for this year. And then the pound portfolio in UK is still not looking good. We're down 10% in pounds there. Um, and you'll see on the review show next week that, that we've actually kind of been saved by the weakness in the RAND, essentially. That 10% loss in pounds is offset by, by a near 10% weakening in the RAND pound exchange rate over the year. Mm. So I suppose I've, I've saved, I, I'm slightly saved by that, but it's nevertheless a very disappointing performance. Yeah, we have to leave it there. Uh, but we'll pick up um, on the year that was uh, next week. Uh, and so uh, that's it for this evening. Uh, that was Traders Corner with Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner.